Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news, WABC. Oh, my God, there's so many things happening. There's been breaking news over the last uh, 10, 20, 30 minutes at uh, uh, our Marine has is going to be charged, but we haven't found out what. What do you find out? Uh? Yeah, this is amazing, John. This is uh, the former Marine Daniel Penny, of course, tied to the chokehold death of Jordan Neely on the New York subway. Everybody wondering, uh, would he face charges? Would he not? Now coming out in the last few minutes uh, that he will be charged. Um, there are reports now that it looks like they are moving ahead, according to some media, with a man slaughter charge uh in the death we don't know that we're trying to get confirmation of that but yeah. it looks like he will be charged uh as early and as the other tomorrow breaking news, uh they are waiting by the border tens of thousands of uh south americans tens of thousands waiting on the border to invade the United States of America. And, John, and I wish it was just South Americans. They're coming from 129 countries. And I understand we're going to be talking about it later, that in the city, they're thinking of putting up, you ready, tents in Central Park. This is unbelievable. Tents in Prospect Park. Tents in hotels in, in every park. It's unbelievable. It just shows we are being overrun. And even New York City, Eric Adams and also Chicago, Lori Lightfoot saying that this is they can't handle it. There's no and room we have at the some, end. Uh, special guests in the studio with us to help us out. And we have Judge Richard Weinberg, Governor David Patterson, Chairman Ed Cox and a special, special guest. We have Summers Farkas. Welcome back to New York, Summers Farkas. We love you. Well, you all are an absolute highlight of my visit. So thank you for inviting me in. And well, you're we, a New Yorker. We look, forward, we, look forward, <laughs> we look forward to some of your comments. So why don't you listen in to what we're saying? And uh, you're welcome to, to jump in and have some comments. Absolutely. I would love And uh, is Sid on the phone yet? Sid Rosenberg is with us, the host, of course, of Sid and Friends on WABC Radio. He had a dynamite day this morning. Uh, he had... Uh, Donald uh, J. Trump on, and he had the highest ratings in a <clears throat> hundred years that the station has ever had. Huge. It was an awesome interview. Uh, Sid Rosenberg, uh, before we get to Trump, your reaction to this big breaking news on the Marine that he will be charged. The reports it's going to be manslaughter. This is with the subway chokehold death. Are you astounded that it looks like he's going to be charged? It looked like it was no. defending the others no, no. on the subway. No, I'm not. I'm not astounded at all. First of all, it's a much bigger honor coming on with Katz and Cosby and having President Trump on about nine hours ago. Trust me. That's the right answer, Sid. That is the correct answer. The Marine did did the right thing here. He stood up for New Yorkers. I think he's somewhat of a hero. 
But, folks, somebody died. When somebody dies, there has to be a price. Now, my issue was you can't charge this guy with murder. That's ridiculous. So if they get him on manslaughter, that's really the least charge, either negligent homicide or manslaughter. There's no way no one's going to get charged with anything. Somebody died. So look, the good news is Tom Knipp is his attorney. Tom Knipp is a dear friend of mine. He served this country proudly. He ran against Alvin Bragg, you may remember. I had him on the show last year. And Tom Knipp will join me when exclusive coming up tomorrow morning at 725. He may come to your show too, John. At the very least, he's going to join me tomorrow at 725. But I'm not surprised. Somebody died. Somebody got charged. But it looks like it'll be the least of all the major crime charges. And uh, Judge Weinberg, you got it. You're shaking your head. Go ahead. I, I love my, my good friend, Sid Rosenberg. But, Sid, I respectfully dissent from uh, your analysis. Just because there was a death doesn't mean there was a criminal charge. He was, protect, a, he was protecting the other passengers. Uh, yeah, there, and, and the guy was thing, screaming, just, saying, I want to die. There's such a thing as justifiable homicide. If he's protecting people against another physical threat, they did put it into the a judge, grand jury. Judge, why that's didn't? Why, but that's, the judge, that's why they're going to court. He's being charged. He's not been found guilty of no, anything. No, no. So they charged him. They charged him. You didn't with even have to do that. Sid, you even, respectfully, Sid, you didn't even have to do that. They also charged the bodega owner when he fought to protect his own life. And that was wrongfully charged. That's there right. are situations. <clears throat> I think Daniel Penny's a hero, but those are two different circumstances. This guy had a knife in the bodega. He went after the owner. Daniel Penny here uh, was not really provoked by this man. He tried to help, and the guy ended up dead. And he was not char- He's only been charged at this point. He's got a great attorney. I think it would have been very dangerous for this city to just say, ah, don't worry about it. He was doing the right thing. And, again, I'm defending the guy. I'm a Daniel Penny fan, but you ask me if I'm surprised. I'm not surprised because in New York City, especially a white man kills a black man. It is completely, completely uh, unreasonable uh, to think that someone's not going to get charged with something. Again, I think he's a hero. I think he's innocent. I think Kniff will be a great lawyer for this guy. But to think a white guy kills a black guy in the subway and no one's going to get charged. So, Sid, why why didn't they go to a grand jury? Were they scared that the grand jury may not have charged? You know, that's a great point because they had reports, by the way, everybody, that it was going to go to a grand jury this week. And now, surprise, surprise, they didn't do it. Go ahead. Brad's doing it on his own. The the answer is yes. The answer, I believe, is yes. And again, Judge Weinberger is a judge, and I'm just a dopey radio guy. But I believe the answer to your, your question is yes. I think they do believe that was going to be the case. So, look, I want to make myself very, very clear. I think what Daniel Penny did was heroic. I think more New Yorkers need to do what Daniel Penny did. You asked me if I was surprised. The answer is no, but he's got a great attorney, and hopefully justice prevails, and he walks away with nothing. Um, uh, I got an idea. On the birthday party that we're going to give Cousin Brucey this year, it's going to be the big (laughs) event. It's not my birthday this year. It's going to be Cousin Brucey. And maybe we should give an honorarium to the Marine. Ah, do the GoFundMe. Yeah, I do love that idea. That's a great idea, John. That's a wonderful party, by the way. Every summer, Danielle and I love that party. So that that is a great idea. And he is certainly deserving because, again, uh, if more New Yorkers did what Daniel Penny did. And they, well, by the way, Cousin Bruce is finding out we're having a surprise birthday party for him. Don't tell him. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't tell, tell him. him. <laughs> Only a million people know now, John. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you know, I do want to say one more thing, though, about President Trump this morning. And I did hear from Margo in his office, not Margo Katsimatidis, who I love dearly, but Margo Martin. And she made it a case to tell me how much she really enjoyed the conversation because, again, last night for 93 minutes, he basically got his brains bashed in 
by this very amateurish Caitlin Collins. I don't want to hear she's only 31. She was reading the script, blah, blah, blah. That was very unprofessional and really disrespectful how she treated him last night. So he was tired, right? He had to go back from Atlanta to South Florida, get up early in the morning and come on the show with me. But to have somebody on the phone with him that let him talk, let him talk and, and let him make his points, I think he really appreciated that. He was very calm. You guys heard it. He was very relaxed. He was laughing quite a bit, having a good time, which he usually doesn't have. He's usually pretty serious. So in the end, I think Donald Trump really enjoyed it. I think the listeners really enjoyed it. And it was a banner morning for WABC, which makes me happy with John Katsimatidis. And uh, by the way, uh, Summers Farkas has a question. Go ahead. No, Sid, I absolutely agree. President Trump was exceptional last night. And everyone on the airplane, we were all clapping our hands whenever he made a good point. How many people on the airplane? Well, there were about eight or nine of us, but we That's were all. <laughs> it was a private plane, I guess, right? It was a was smaller it a private plane. jet, Summers? You and no John comment. Kerry. No comment. Her, was My John Kerry there? It's a secret. <laughs> On advice of counsel, Summers declines to answer. <laughs> but by the way, did you see this? This is just breaking. You're, you're in the world of uh, wild things. Said uh, E. Jean Carroll. This is the woman, of course, who accused President Trump of rape. He was found liable of assault. And also of, of no, course, defamation. Of saying, um, why would I have sex with that one? Yeah, yeah, and she's not my type. So get this, John. To your point, John. E. Jean Carroll, there is word may sue Trump. Quote a third time after he made comments last night in the town hall, saying she's vile, she's a wacko. Uh, where? What's your reaction to that? Said you talked to the president this morning. Well, I got to tell you, when he did that last night, he did call her a whack job. My reaction was, I was laying in bed, folks, watching this. I literally jumped out of bed and started applauding and yelling and screaming, way to go, Trump, at the screen. Because we followed this thing very, very closely. Joseph Takapina, dear friend of mine, for 46 years. We carpooled together to Brooklyn Poly Prep in the fourth grade. I knew everything going on in that courtroom. I knew every time Judge Kaplan did not allow Joseph Takapina to say something, who was funding her with the money, a guy who was basically George Soros. Her attorney could say whatever she wanted. Takapina couldn't say anything. And in the end, if you're a woman and you get weight, and that's about as bad as it gets, it's awful. Like, you know, God, God bless these women. Absolutely. You don't, what day, you don't know what day, what year this thing happened. That's all you need to know, folks. I usually, I tend to side with the women. I really do. Nine times out of ten. But 30 years later, all of a sudden, she's funded by a Soros-type guy. She doesn't remember the day or the time that he violently raped her. And the jury says she lied. She lied. And they went to number two on the instructions and gave him that nonsense sexual abuse call. So at the end of the day, congratulations to President Trump for calling her out. Because frank- quite frankly, she deserves it. And uh, Summers, Farkas? You know, Summers, I, you, yeah, you, you have a statement among women? Um, no, I had a question. Are you get, are you're not going to represent all us women? Come on, Summers. <laughs> I actually think she had no case whatsoever, no basis. And I'm terrified or horrified that this will set a dangerous precedent uh, for men and women. And I'm just curious what judge thinks. Yeah, opening the door. You're right. It, it, and, and by the way, as a woman, too, and I always want the woman's mm-hmm. voice to be heard. I'm Obviously, we're both women, huge women supporters, too, and women. Um, but, I like tough but, women. But, and you love tough. That's <laughs> well, why. That's why you sit next to one every day here, and, and you have one at home. You have a great, brilliant one at home too. But but there were holes in the story that as Sid aptly points doesn't out. Doesn't remember the year. Doesn't remember where. Uh, the well, time. I, I have a hard time. It was a crowded Bergdorf department store in a dressing room. I mean, Donald Trump. Even she back then, everybody. Yeah, and everybody knew Donald Trump. I mean, 
Mulvaney's brought always the known him. Or brought the charges then. Yeah, or exactly. Why don't we bring charges against charges. her for lying? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, he could do that. And, you know, the, 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 another part of this story that Trump brought up this morning with me, and he brought it up last night, too, which really makes it scratch your head, folks, was that according to him, she was looking, actively looking for an unlocked dressing room because a few of those were locked just to make sure they had a place to go and make love. She was the one who found she was the one who found the unlocked dressing room and literally walked them over and said, look, this one is open. I mean, come on, folks. Sid, stay on. Stay on. Sid, this is good for you, too. Hold on. (laughs) Joan Sylvester is calling in from from where? where Rockland Rockland County. County. Yep. And uh, she's being overrun. Yep. She's the commissioner of social services there at Rockland County. And uh, Commissioner Silvestri, great to have you here. Katz and Cosby, we continue also, as you hear, with Sid Rosenberg, who's our great host of Fox. uh, Are Are they sleeping on the streets yet? No, they're not. Not in Rockland County. Yeah, tell us what you're doing, because, of course, they wanted to ship from New York City to Rockland County, the migrants. You guys said no. What is the latest? And and why did you say no? Because I think a lot of people would say no, but go ahead. Okay, so um, the reason we said no is that Rockland County, as well as many other suburban counties, have dealt with the migrant issue for a number of months. We're bursting at the seams ourselves. And you don't have, if you don't have a coordinated plan, New York City can't arbitrarily and capriciously decide that they're going to take their issue and just ship folks here to Rockland County without a plan as to how to take care of them. No, the mayor said he'll take care of them for four months. Then what are they going to do? The issue that we have is we've taken care of a lot of migrants now. And, and we're okay. We're a good county. We're good people. We'll do that. But we've been struggling with resources like everybody else to do that. And without a plan, it's not okay for the mayor of New York to try to dump that well, on Rockland. Listen, and we, can't, we can't take care of the whole world. Meanwhile, there's 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 on the border on the Rio Grande ready to come in at midnight. I, I have no comment on that. I'm not a policymaker. I, I am an, I'm an administrator. And uh, I can only say what I can do to take care of folks. And that's what we we're we're trying to do here in Rockland. Uh, But as far as where are we in this uh, it is tied up now in legal matters. The county has uh, the town of Orangetown where this is uh, uh, taking over this hotel uh, has uh, uh, tried to occur. uh, a temporary. Well, uh, Sid is flushing the toilet. Huh? I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> a temporary restraining order. Yeah, they have a temporary restraining order right now against them because of this. Uh, their attempt to change the zoning of this hotel from a transient, less than 30-day use to a long-term use, and that's in violation of the zoning in the town of Orangetown. And then the county has just received a temporary restraining order. Uh, because our lawsuit says to the city of New York, uh, you could call it a temporary use hotel. You can call what you want, but you're trying to set up a shelter in Rockland County. And if you're going to set up a shelter for homeless folks, uh, you you need to follow state guidelines to do it. Absolutely. Including certifications, site surveys, uh, inspections, and none of that was done here. And so what we're saying is you, you just can't do that. You've got to follow the process of law. Uh, we are 1, not, 1,000%. And that's all. We want to plan. We want to understand it. We are, we're here to help. Um, we're, we, we, we're spending a lot of county dollars now. 
in support of folks with basic humanitarian efforts, and we'll continue that. But more importantly, people need to understand the federal government and the state government does not give the local governments money to support these folks. Absolutely. And by the way, that that's exactly the point also, you know, Eric Adams is saying, by the way, and, you, and I know you know this, New York City, they're spending $5 million a day. Um, Commissioner, um, please keep us posted what happens in your county, too, and everything. Uh, every, it seems like every county in America is now a border county, uh, given what's happening. And as we know, Title 42, it's about to get worse. Thank you very, very much. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Great. Glad to have you here. Thank you so much. And uh, Sid, anything else you would like to say? Tell me, we're we're going to have a show tomorrow. I've got a huge show tomorrow. Once again, I've got the exclusive with Tom Kniff. He is the attorney for Daniel Penny. He's going to join me at 725 tomorrow morning. Uh, Also, a couple of uh, Trump supporting actors, Scott Bale, Academy Award winning actor John Boyd is going to stop by tomorrow, too. Rudy Giuliani, Nicole Maliotakis, and the big one they just announced on the NFL schedule this year, the Jets will play the Bills September 11th, Monday Night Football, in Aaron Rodgers' first game as a New York Jet. I've got Joe Namath coming on tomorrow. Oh, wow. we love Joe. Well, How thank great. you, Sid. Well, tomorrow, I'll be listening to you tomorrow morning, and God bless. And uh, I, listen, I, I, we expect big ratings in the morning. Yeah, you got to keep it up. <laughs> Sid, great get. We were so proud thank of you. you. Awesome, my friend. Let's you guys. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break, and we're going to come back with Doug Schoen, and he is a uh, Democratic strategist and one smart guy to Talk tell more us about, about Trump. Trump on CNN and the reaction of the Democrats. And CNN had three and a half million listeners. Maybe they should have Trump on more. <laughs> Let's go to break. <laughs> Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Common Sense Recap of the Day's Biggest Stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. This is Rita Cosby with the great John Katz and And everybody is also talking about the Trump Town Hall. Uh, and it looks like CNN is getting a lot of criticism, but they also got big ratings, John. Huge Three numbers. Three and a half million ratings. Uh, Doug Schoen, as a, a Democrat, uh, a strategic Democrat, yep. big do, you think, do you think CNN should have Donald Trump on more? Well, here's what I think. I think when you use ideological tests to determine who your guests should be, you're going down a very, very dangerous path. If you don't like what Donald Trump said, the idea, and and I don't, I don't support the man and won't, but to defend his right to access to the media is to me a no-brainer. You know what I was amazed? I want to, this is a comment from AOC, you guys. Uh, She came out and said CNN should be ashamed of themselves for giving him exposure. He's the former president of the United States. He is the leading Republican candidate. I mean, this is uh, to say he doesn't deserve airtime. 
Like, like in other words, the voters shouldn't decide who the next president is. It's CNN or it's AOC in this case. Give me a break. Rita, yeah. he gave CNN exposure. Yes, he, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. They had blockbuster. People were like, oh, CNN exists. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead, you know, Doug. AOC should understand that there's such a thing as a First Amendment. Isn't that correct, Doug? That's absolutely right. And I think the way we were all raised was that the ideas should sink or thrive on their own. And if the ideas is much of what he says to me is unacceptable, let public opinion be the guide, not censors. So I couldn't agree more. You know, they seemed upset that also the audience in uh, at the town hall, because I was watching it, um, Doug. And of course, you know, I do my show at night, 10 to midnight, too. We had wall to wall calls. The audience was applauding Trump. Uh, and when he kept firing back, I call it more of like a debate than a town hall because she was grilling him. Um, and they didn't like the fact that the audience was giving standing ovations to Trump. Uh, they like mocked the audience, too. That that's, I think, a dangerous place to be, Doug Schoen. I think we're we're living, Rita, in a cancel culture where people judge others based on their ideology and what they what they say, not their right to say it or the larger values of a free society. Yeah, absolutely. This is a uh, former governor, David Patterson. You've got a question for Pollster Doug, Doug Schoen. How are you? Long time. Governor, uh, great to talk to you. It's interesting to me that the people who criticize the fact that CNN would put the former president on couldn't remember or never read that from the late 40s and early 50s to the late 60s and almost into the 70s, networks were screening to find out what people were going to say and not allowing them to be on the air. CBS did it. And Edward R. Murrow put money up to fight that. And finally, it changed. And we had more freedom of speech in this country. But we went about 15 years. If anyone was accused of being a communist, they couldn't get on any show. No, I know that. And, and, you know, we then moved in the direction of something that I think at least made logical sense, even if it was perhaps not uh, uh, fully meaning constitutional muster, a fairness document doctrine that you had to have both points of view reflected, at least what animated that governor is the sense that we need all points of view to be heard. And if you censor Trump, do you censor people on the left you don't like or in the center? It's a very dangerous position. And I, you know, again, I, the reason I, I say I'm not a supporter of Trump, it's not like I'm pleased with what he had to say, particularly the election denial. But goodness gracious. If he wants to talk about that, let him. It's not going to help him get elected again. Um, Doug, I do have to ask you this question, because as I was watching last night, and it really was like a feist. I call it, again, a debate, because the moderator, Caitlin Collins, kept coming at him, like interrupting him left and right. And it just showed how sharp, however people feel. You, you said, you know, you're not a fan of Trump. But however you feel, he was on the ball. He was like weaving in and out of topics. He had command of the audience. All I thought about, Doug, was I, I'm sad to say our current president, our current commander in chief could never have handled five minutes of what Trump went through for 90 minutes last night. It was an unbelievable, I think, ability to watch him handle the heat like I've never seen. 
And now we have a president who won't even let the New York Post in uh, for an event. They, he seems like he's shying away. I mean, honestly, isn't there a big difference? Well, let's put it this way. Without characterizing Biden, it's clear Trump is at the top of his game. And what I learned, Rita, through my work for Bill Clinton, is when politicians have served uh, one term in the Oval Office, as Clinton did and Trump uh, obviously did, whether they're reelected or not, they know the game, they know the process. And Trump is a great communicator. You can never take that away from him. And I agree with you. He was at the top of his game. Do you think we'll see now um, other networks potentially putting Trump on that maybe you wouldn't expect? I mean, has it started, to John's point, a trend? Uh, And will he be back uh, quarterly at CNN or MSNBC? These places loved him before he got elected. Yeah, I don't think we'll see him on MSNBC, judging by the commentary there. CNN, you know, they're totally ratings driven now. And while they got criticized a lot, as you both said, the ratings were through the roof. So my guess is we will get more Trump rather than less Trump. All right. Well, Doug, thank you for Doug, your great insight. We got, a, we got 30 seconds left. What else do you want to tell all New Yorkers? Should, should we put tents up in Central Park? <laughs> well, we, 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 we're in a complete crisis John, as you well know, everyone knows in this city, unless we get some help from the federal government to pay for the migrants, we will face a calamitous situation. Yeah, it is a and mess. Thank you, Doug Schoen. Thank you for your common sense. And, and you know, I was, I'm joking around out of, uh, you know, I want, I'd rather laugh I, I feel than like cry. The, yeah, I'd rather uh, <laughs> laugh than cry. Thank you so I much. Agree. Me too, John. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. And uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with uh, Melissa DeRosa, one tough lady. I can't wait to ask her about the tents in Central Park. (laughs) And we're going to find out how she feels about uh, what's going on on the border with the migrants, etc. Let's take that break first. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. Before we bring in Melissa DeRosa, our special guest today, Summers Farkas, who is a New York transplant now back now in Florida. Uh, you're heading out, I understand. I'm heading out. One of my favorite things to do in New York, in addition to seeing y'all and John's wife, Margo. See that you, you are, you are. You know how I <laughs> She's from Virginia originally. By the way, you know, I went to University of South Carolina. I, I got that lingo. You are. I got that lingo. We've got to stay together. <laughs> we do. But we love going to Broadway. And tonight we're going to go see Shucked, which is a new musical, hysterical comedy, you know, maybe nominated for nine Tonys. Fantastic. So we're really looking forward, but thank you so much. We loved having you. You got to come back next time you're back I in New accept. York. You got to come. I absolutely in. accept. Fantastic. The thank great summer, who, who is a great American and great supporter of our law enforcement and so many things. We love you, Summers. Thank you. We love seeing the uh, the brave men and women in blue. They're the the best police force in the world. Thank you for all you do. Thank you, Summers. Thank and you, Summers. Now let's bring in Melissa DeRosa, who was the head person. He, she was the secretary, but really the right-hand uh, gal, right-hand person there to then Governor Cuomo. Uh, Melissa, you know, we've been talking all day about the migrants and the potential of a tent city in Central Park. Your thoughts about all of this? This is crazy. 
Um, great to be back, Rita. No, it is crazy. I mean, really what this is, is sort of where virtue signaling meets government incompetence. And this is a failure of the federal government. And frankly, it's a failure of the state government where you have immigration, which is fundamentally a federal issue. And Joe Biden, who ran on a platform saying we are humanitarian, we're going to reverse some of these Trump era policies around immigration. And he said that he ran on this, but then he did it without a plan. And so they reversed the weight in Mexico policy last summer. And that's sort of when you saw the first huge wave of migrants coming in across the border and you saw DeSantis and Abbott you know, put them on buses and put them on planes and send them to New York City and Kamala Harris's house and Martha's Vineyard to make a point, which is, hey, Democrats who are in these blue states that say they're sanctuary states, you want to get a taste of what being a border state is, have at it. It's not as simple as standing on principle and saying, you know, we want to do the right thing for a humanitarian crisis, which I personally believe in. But it is about actually governmentally being able to follow through and manage it. And the Biden administration has completely fallen down on the job. They haven't done anything to sort of coordinate where is it that cities and localities that can accept these migrants? Why don't we become flexible on work visas so that we can get these folks to work right away? There is work. There is labor shortages in parts all across the country post-COVID. Put people to work. You know, who wants people? Who can take people? Where is the housing? They didn't do any of it. And by the way, and Melissa, so- Melissa, you say not a plan. I say I say it, it is a it is a disaster. I am astounded. I've been to the border many times, by the way. I've covered it a number of times through the years. I have never seen the images that I just saw the last few hours. Thousands of people in tent cities. They are literally sleeping on the streets in El Paso. And our president says, oh, it's going to be a little chaotic. Trust us. This is a disaster of their making. It's a disaster, Rita. And, it, and you know, Title 42 lapses, you know, at midnight tonight. And so it's just going to get increasingly worse. And it's it's going to get catastrophic. It's not going to get worse. It's going to get catastrophic, Melissa. And Absolutely. And governmentally, it's a disaster because when people see, okay, great, Democrats, of which I am one, stand up and say, we want to be the opposite of Trump. We're open borders. We want to open our arms, welcome people in. But then you have no follow through. It undermines the Democratic principles. It undermines the party. It undermines them governmentally. And it kills us politically. So this was a debacle on every possible level. And you're dealing with real human beings. And so, no, it's a total disaster. And I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for Eric Adams, who's struggling with the incoming, who can't handle it. Clearly, he's been screaming from the rooftop saying that he needs help. And then you've got Kathy Hochul, who does a press conference today and says, well, you know, I understand how stressed out Rockland and Orange County are. It's like, you're not the therapist for the state. You're the governor. Take hold of this situation. Identify the localities that can handle them. Identify the housing. You're on Joe Biden's committee for re-election. Great. Pick up the phone and call the president of the United States and say, we need to suspend the rules on giving work permits out and put people to work. And so it's just a disaster across the board. It makes people. Is not it, is it public? Melissa, is it public yet who hosted uh, the president of the United States yesterday in New York for dinner? I have not seen that. Yeah, he messed up traffic for sure. (laughs) Yeah, that. that, You gonna make some news, John? Well, that apartment, John. That apartment. It's it's Richard Warburg Wilson. That apartment was right near Fifth Avenue, overlooking Central Park. No, it was at the Lotus Club. I heard. Well, is that close enough to Central Park? It's going to ruin their view. 
Well, and, you know, you saw that they were, you know, Adams was looking at maybe the Flatiron Building, Prospect Park, Central Park, and it's like, what are we talking about here? And just no one is stepping up and taking the ball. And this is not mayor's responsibility. This is not a county executive's responsibility. It is the federal government's responsibility first and the state responsibility second. And what so was the joke we, we told before, or so either Curtis told us or something, that uh, the, the fact that uh, as they were attacking Iraq, uh, oh, the, oh, the Baghdad Bob? Oh, is that what you're Baghdad saying? Bob. Oh, yeah. So this is what Lindsey Graham had said earlier. Uh, we all know a uh, senator of South Carolina. He came out a little bit ago and he said he equates Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, to Baghdad Bob. Remember, Baghdad Bob was there in Iraq and he's like, Saddam's winning. And right behind were the American troops taking over the palaces. <laughs> and, you know, in other words, like a total liar. That's what people think of Alejandro Mayorkas. Today, he had the audacity of Melissa, to sit there and say, the border's not open. It's never going to be open. We got a plan. And he's like Baghdad Bob. That's a great analogy, John. Come on, Melissa. This is crazy. The worst part of it is, you know, this is these are mainly asylum seekers, people who are leaving whatever country they're in in Latin America in hopes of a better life. They're escaping some level of persecution. These are human beings. And what are we doing? Eric Adams is now suspending the city's you know, a mandated right to housing law because he can't do it. So we're going to now just have people sleeping on the streets, sleeping in tents. It's like, and we need to say nothing of our crime problem, our tax problem, everything else. What is this going to do to the city's post-COVID recovery? And so, no, it's a total debacle. And I, I lay it at the feet of Joe Biden and Kathy Hochul. And so, one of them has to step up. So, uh, Melissa Ed Cox. So Eric Adams did slightly criticize the president for his border policies. And what happened to Eric Adams with respect to a position on the president's campaign? I know, I know. They kicked him off. It's so petty and so ridiculous. It's like, really, you're going to play like small P politics on this. It's He represents the eight and a half million New Yorkers who pay taxes and want to live and work in the city in peace. And so he should be speaking up for them, regardless of the party in power. And the idea that they turned around and punished him in that petty, small way is sort of like, come on, guys, you've got bigger problems here. They're punishing him for doing his job to speak up for the people of New York City. How about for no, speaking the truth? Agree with you more. How about punishing him for speaking right, the before truth? Before we have to go to our next guest, uh, I understand Mr. Procopo that worked with the Cuomo administration. Uh, the Supreme Court set him free today, which is a wonderful news, I heard. He had his, uh, he had his sentence. He overturned unanimous decision. And not just him, but the players in the Buffalo Billion um, project as well, which had, you know, spent a few years in jail. And But the larger point is, John, I look at that. And, him you know, and Joe Bruno. Pre Ferrara, who was U.S. attorney for the Southern District's legacy is going to be that he used the press to prosecute people in Wall Street and politics. And the, Was it Pre Ferrara? Was it political? It was all political. Him and June Kim. And this was and the press was in bed with him. They never acted as a check on him. They used to get leaks from him. He loved to see his name in the paper. And now you look back at his tenure and all of his high level convictions, 99 percent of them have been tossed. And so, you know, you wonder why people don't trust. Wow. Ninety nine percent of pre Pereira's are close to that have been tossed. Wow. I'm saying the high level ones. Yes. Yes. Street guys, Stephen A. Cohen, Joe Percoco now, you know, half of Shelly Silvers were tossed. He abused his position when he was U.S. attorney in order to get his name in the paper and for his own personal. And that was uh, Senator Schumer's chief of staff. 
Yes, and he's Schumer's good buddy. And, you know, his friend June Kim, who oversaw the AG's investigation into Governor Cuomo, who still has never answered a single question about that investigation and all of the holes and omissions and errors throughout it. And I, I put, you know, put it at the prosecutors, but it's also the press's fault. It's the press's job to ask tough questions, and they were just happy to be along for the ride. So, you know, it's, it's one of the to, reasons I think people have. We got it. We got a call. Stuff. We got a call. Thank you, Melissa, for coming on. We got a call coming in from the border right now. If you want to listen in, uh, Melissa, uh, would you take over, uh, Rita? And joining us now with Title 42 about to be lifted, and it will be utter chaos at our southern border, is the former acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. And, and Rita, you got to tell people what Title 42 is. Yeah. That means come on over, come on in, open borders, no, no passports, nothing needed, just come on in. It is really frightening, John, this health provision that was in place by the Trump administration and the images of like these tent cities and hundreds of thousands lined up on the other side of the border, whether it's in Guatemala or Mexico. Mark Morgan, you are right there in El Paso. What are you seeing and what can we expect in a matter of hours? I, I am Rita and John. Uh, by the way, thanks for having me on. And, and I want to make something very clear because it's very important for your listeners. Let's make no mistake. The, the crisis at our southern border isn't going to begin today at 1159 when Title 42 ends. We've already been in, in the middle of the worst unmitigated border security crisis in our lifetime the past two years. But once Title 42 ends, uh, as John talked about, it, it's going to be come on in for sure. And it, it, I guess the best way for me to describe it, Rita, is it's going to take the persistent ongoing hurricane that we have to navigate the past two years because of this administration, and it's going to turn it into a tsunami. You know what's so offensive? Um, Alejandro Mayorkas, just about an hour or two ago, uh, he yep. was at the White House press briefing. He's like, the border isn't open. And he's blaming everybody but this administration. It, it is insulting. Uh, are the American people that dumb? The one, the thirty-six percent that are, are pro President Biden, are they that dumb, Mark? Well, well, here, here's here's what I would say is I I think there's a lot of Americans. First of all, I think there's just a lot of Americans that they perceive that what's happening at the border isn't impacting them. And their perception is just wrong. I get it. They're busy. They're trying to pay a mortgage, put food on the table, spend time with their family, and they're not paying attention like they should because they don't perceive it impacts them. You know, the economy, they get it, right? Because every day they fill up their tank or they go to their grocery store, they see that and they feel that impact direct. Unfortunately, they don't have that same direct feeling with the border, but it is. And the other thing that, that, that I would say is, is that there is some ignorance out there because when you are driven by by ideology and blinded by politics, which this administration that that's that, that's what I've seen. There's there's a convergence of both ideology and politics in this administration I've never seen before. And when you're fueled by your pursuit of your personality ideology, I think it makes you ignorant of the truth, facts, and reality with respect to what's happened. And by the way, they have to be uh, because it's clearly also intent. Mark Morgan, the U.S. government that the Biden administration is basically planning mass releases that shelters are being overrun in places like El Paso, where you are, Mark. I've seen images of people sleeping on the streets. Um, what can we expect if they do these sort of mass releases? And that means anybody. It doesn't matter if they have a criminal record or whatever. You know, they're just let out on the streets of America. 
So that's so so uh, that, that's that's exactly what's going to going to happen. Uh, now they are going to say that you know they, if they apprehend somebody and have a criminal record, they they won't be releasing those individuals. But 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 what you just said, the premise is exactly right. And let me even back up a little minute because I want to make sure your listeners understand what's already happening. So so before Title Two Title Forty Two ends, we've seen the last probably three four weeks the numbers start to increase. Remember, it was Secretary Jay Johnson under President Obama that said a thousand a day is a bad day. And he was correct. And that holds true today. So we were already at 6,000 a day. And then the last two weeks, it, it, it jumped up to about 8,000, 8,500 uh, uh, per day. You, you know what the average has been the last 48 hours? 10,000. 10,000 wow. in a 24-hour period. That, that, read it, John. That is, that is the highest number that we've experienced in our lifetime since we started counting border patrol apprehensions, just to put that perspective. And what's going to happen is, just what you said, my sources are telling me that, that, that if, if a couple of conditions are met, right, and, and this is what's been released, if, if, uh, if, if a sector reaches capacity, 125% of capacity, or the daily average is over 7,000 a day, which we're already there, they've authorized the sectors to start doing the mass parole, just releasing people. They don't have to claim asylum. There's no NTA. They're just going to start releasing them into the, uh, the, the streets, and that is against the law. That is amazing. You know, one of the things I heard Mark Morgan, too, is, you know, when I keep hearing Mallorca saying, trust us, don't worry, we got a plan. And then you hear even the president saying it's going to be a little chaotic. Um, you know, I heard Lindsey Graham basically equate Mayorkas to Baghdad Bob. That's the guy I remember during all the stuff with Iraq. Yeah. And he's like, everything is fine. And you see the, you know, Saddam's winning and you see the American troops behind him. Is it this, <laughs> is it the same situation? John loves that analogy. I love that one. I think what's happening now, I think there's a shift in moment and a momentum, right? I, I think they'll don't believe your lying eyes. It's not winning anymore. And so I, I want the secretary and the White House press secretary. I, I want my to continue to say, hey, our borders are, are secure. We have operational control. Because the more that he says that, he and, and, and then more it's on page 38 of the New York Times instead of page one. Yeah, well, so that's that's the other problem. But we, we already know, right? We, we know that the mainstream media is is covering for as an extension of the Democratic Party. We know that that's part of the challenge and part of the frustration. But I, I do believe that that no no one that, that's being intellectually honest believes that our borders are secure. They, I, they just don't believe that they're actually being honest. I mean, well, I'll give you one stat just alone. In the first 26 months of this administration, 1.5 million known gotaways. 1.5 million gotaways. There's nobody on the face of the planet that could say our borders are secure with 1.5 million known gotaways. It's absurd. It's, it's, it's just a lie. Well, thank you so much for the update. Uh, is there any, you know, it's five o'clock now. Uh, is there any hope that somebody will rescind that order tonight? Any nope, federal judge or anything? Nope, not going to happen. It, it, it's, it's, it's a done deal. Toddy Fortu is going to end at 11.59 tonight, and uh, you're just going to see. And Mayor Adams, uh, I, hear, I hear Mayor Adams, or somebody was suggesting, I'm not sure it was Mayor Adams, somebody, they want to put tents up in Central Park in New York. Isn't that amazing, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sanctuary cities that, that have sent a message to the entire world that's act as a beacon. Please come to our city. Now they're complaining when it's actually happened. <laughs> Imagine that. Right, the irony. Mark, thank you so much. That's, uh, let's pray for America because we need prayers and we need God's help. John, I totally agree. Thanks for having me. And very interesting. By the way, everybody, uh, on Katz and Cosby, just a real quick update. 
Um, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, it looks like they are confirming that tomorrow, Daniel Penny, that is that Marine veteran, will be charged with second-degree manslaughter Let's uh, for have the subway a death. Day parade. Wow. Let's have a ticket day parade uh, on Fifth Avenue or, or Wall Street for that Marine for saving those people on that uh Okay, I mean, on the look, subway, absolutely. The fact he's being let's charged, fight. guys. This this is America. Let's fight fire with fire. Let's not let a hundred people come to protest. Because I think District Attorney Bragg, I think he's wrong on this one. Uh, you can't allow a hundred protesters to dictate uh, opinion. Why don't they put? As Governor Patterson said, why don't they put it into the grand jury? They were afraid to put it into the grand jury. Well. Yeah, let's have a ticket day parade for him. For and, David Patterson, too. For, for David Patterson, <laughs> we'll lead him up Fifth Avenue. You know, I, I will say this. There are several situations where there were attacks on people, uh, such as Eric Garner, where I think Daniel Pantaleo should have been charged in that case. And I could give you about 10 more. Yeah. But in the interest of time, yeah, real quick, what I would uh, say what's different about this case is this person went in to help other people who he thought that's were what being it, That's attacked. what a Marine is and trained for, so is to help other people, and that's what the, this Marine did. Well, and it scares me. And honestly, PA without commission. intent, you can't call that heat of passion, which is the manslaughter case. They're, 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 they're basically, and look, on these other cases, I had a different point of view. This one, I think, is on the other side. You really can't blame the other this side person. Of midnight. Exactly. You really can't blame this All person right. for jumping in as we got, he did. We got All right. a, yep, a we, former EPA commissioner on, Rita. What does he have to say? Exactly. We have former EPA administrator Andrew Wheeler. Um, and Administrator Wheeler, it's great to have you here on Cats and Cosby. Um, one of the other big things everybody's talking about are all these, you know, green measures um, that are restricting New Yorkers and everybody across the country. Uh, one of the latest ones where they said they want to get rid of 90% of the pollution in power plants. Uh, I mean, this is just, it's amazing some of these restrictions. Judge Weinberg, you've got some comments on that too. Mr. Ruler, I have to think that this is uh, overreach by the EPA once again. And I think that there's a very good lawsuit here to stop that. That's on the legal side. But on the common sense side, how are we going to get the energy to make this country work? What do you think, Mr. Wheeler? Excellent point. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on your show again today. Um, so EPA has come out with basically the Obama Clean Power Plan 2.0. Um, the Obama administration put out a rule on, on the clean on the utility sector. It was overturned by the Supreme Court. The Trump administration, while I was at EPA, we put out a a rule for to reduce CO two emissions because we the EPA is required to under a previous EP under a previous Supreme Court decision that made um, that reduced CO two emissions but did it in a legal manner and followed the law. The Biden administration is once again going back to the same type of principles that the Obama administration did. It's a lot of the same people and. This rule will require 90% carbon capture and sequestration, is my understanding, which is just not technically feasible at this point. It's going to end up resulting in most fossil fuel plants, coal and natural gas, to close over the next 15 years. Actually, over the next 13 years. Um, With no clear plan on the replacement. 
Now, now let me let me be clear. The entire world, the entire country, we are decarbon. Not the entire world, actually. China's not. I was about it to is say India, China is China and India aren't. The, you know, building more than two hundred coal in the plants. United States, right. We're decarbonizing. Companies, utilities are decarbonizing. Customers want less carbon emission, and that's fine. That's the free market work. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm not so sure that customers want it. What percentage well, of the do. customers want it? Some do, but all customers want reliable electricity. A lot of customers, if you ask them, do you want less carbon? Yes, we want less carbon. Do you want to make sure that when you flip on the switch, the power comes on? Yes. We want to make sure that when you flip on the switch, the power comes on. Now, back in February, the, you know, the country is divided into a number of, elect, of, of regional electric grid interconnections. The one that I live in is the PJM interconnection. It's 13 of the, of the eastern states. They put out a report in February saying that because of regulations, they, they see just in this 13-state region, 40,000 megawatts of power are going, to, are going to retire by 2030. And, and, and what does that mean plan. in layman's terms, uh, Mr. Administrator? Well, um, enough to light up 30 million households. 40 megawatts will get you 30 million households. So 40,000 40, megawatts are planned to retire between now and 2030. At the same time, only 21,000 megawatts of renewable energy, wind, solar, and battery, are planning to come online. So that's half. We, 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 are, re, we are removing half of our fleet. Well, we're removing 40,000, and only half of that will be replaced by renewables. At the same time, energy usage is going up. Now, the Biden administration should have taken a look at that in February and said, hey, this is a national issue. We need to make sure that we have the power that we need across the country. And they didn't do that. Instead, they're putting out a regulation that's going to cause even more yep. power plants. All, all right. Well, uh, the former EPA administrator, Andrew Wheeler, you got to come back on again soon. This is such a powerful topic. Please come back on again soon. Um, this is really we need some good uh, some good common sense on this topic. And you got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And guys, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice and the American way. God bless America, and let's demand our politicians do what the law says. Pray for that Marine. <laughs>